Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, podcast1.com, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts totally free. Be sure to listen each and every Thursday, and be sure to subscribe and uh, listen and stream and download and (laughs) go to all the outlets, wherever you want to get it from, and Leave nice messages about the Eddie Trunk podcast, and I appreciate you doing so. Of course, as I always tell you, the podcast and the interviews you hear on it originate on my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and heard Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on channel 106 volume, nightly replays, 10 to midnight Eastern, full shows, interviews, audio, video, more. Anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Also have a sixth live show Monday nights, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on 39. The terrestrial radio show, a lot of good stuff going on. And thank you for listening to those platforms and programs should you be able to get them. If you don't have Sirius Air XM and you're in the U.S. or Canada, you are only getting a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do on a weekly, daily basis on the radio. And in the instance of the interview I'm going to bring to you this week, there is complete video of this conversation available now on the SiriusXM app for subscribers. And the interview I have for you this week is one that I got a tremendous amount of positive reaction about. Before I get to that, let me remind you that this podcast is being brought to you by our good friends at Goodies Hangover. Coming off the Thanksgiving holiday, maybe you needed a little hangover relief. Maybe you went out and got a little goodies hangover. They'll give you a powerful pain reliever and a boosting ingredient. Helps you get fast pain relief and a boost of alertness. Help you battle the groggy, tired feeling that comes with a hangover. It's hangover relief at the speed of powder. Check out Goodies Hangover at Walmart, Dollar General, Amazon, and other fine retailers. More info at goodiespowder.com. So the aforementioned interview this week is one that, as I just told you, with all the interviews, premiered and happened live on SiriusXM on Trunk Nation about two weeks ago. Uh, Still getting response about this interview from those who heard it that way. Uh, I can't thank you enough for the positive comments. They were off the charts about this nearly hour conversation with Wolfgang Van Halen. This was an interview that was a long time coming because I loosely knew Wolfgang over the last seven, eight years, having first met him when he played with Mark Tremonti's band, Tremonti. And they played in New York, and I hosted the show and had a chance to meet him then. 
And over the years, ran into him a couple times here and there. And we communicate with each other over social media now and then. And I always found him to be a very, uh, you know, very nice, very grounded guy. And for a long time, I had been hearing about his music coming. And back in February, I was at the Alter Bridge show in L.A. at the Wiltern, and Wolfgang was there. And we had a chance to talk for a little bit then backstage, and then we watched the show a little bit from out front. And at that time, I said to him, hey, when your music's ready, let's do something. You know, I'd, I'd always wanted to do an interview with him. And he uh, said, yep, it's coming soon. And then, of course, tragedy struck, and we lost his dad about six, seven weeks ago. And then Wolfgang put out this incredibly touching song and video as a tribute to his dad called Distance, and, 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 and also at the same time officially launched his music career. So it was uh, great to have him finally on and on the record and having a conversation with him. At the time we had done this interview, I guess at that point he had already done maybe three interviews or so. So I tried to get into some territory on things he had not talked about. And I got to tell you, I mean, he's you can't not root for this guy. Talented guy, blazing his own path. He he's very much going to be the guy that's, you know, for whatever we get going forward from Van Halen, he will be at the at the heart of that. And obviously, I you know, I give him a lot of credit for the music he's made on his own, the little we've heard of it so far being his own thing and not trying to do some Van Halen knockoff. He's needless to say, really talented. He plays all the instruments on his own record and he has a great voice. And this song that we have distance is only a tiny sample of what we are going to get. Obviously when the full record comes and only one side of what the full record will be. But he's off to a great start, got great response. I think there's a lot of goodwill for him out there. And, uh, you know, obviously going through a tough time, I think one of the biggest things that the video for Distance did was put a very human face on the loss of Eddie Van Halen. For so many of us, we feel the loss of a guitar icon and a rock icon who we loved his music. But the video shows this is, you know, there's a whole nother layer here of a guy that, you know, had a family and a son and, and the people feeling that loss as well. So you could certainly relate to that. As a matter of fact, I, I dropped Wolf a, a, a message on Thanksgiving because I know firsthand, uh, having lost an aunt this year, how difficult it is to have these big holidays and, and missing a loved one at that table. So this interview got tremendous response, and I thank you for all of that who have heard it already. Maybe you want to hear it again. Maybe you haven't heard it, and I hope you enjoy it. It was done over Zoom, so there, like I said, there is full video of this. If you have Sirius or XM, you can watch it right now on the app. But for everybody else, enjoy the interview. I hope you do. I know you will. It's been nothing but positives about this one. And my only regret about the interview you're about to hear is that I didn't have even more time. I had about 50 minutes with him, but it blew by remarkably quick. And uh, I remember, you know, feeling like I was just into it and looking at the clock and seeing I was already half an hour into my show and being like, damn, you know, I didn't get to this. I want to get to this. I had a whole list of notes. And to Wolf's great credit, there were no preconditions to this interview, which I despise when artists do that. And he didn't. It wasn't like you can't ask about this. This is off limits. I think that was amazingly cool. Like whatever you want to say, bring it on and responded to everything. So Wolfgang Van Halen, this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. And also just a quick note, last week, if you didn't listen to Lanny Cordola, please go do so. Uh, I understand Lanny is not a household name in terms of musicians, but his story is remarkable and what he's doing is remarkable. So if you missed last week or passed over it, take a few minutes. You might get into it. It's really, really admirable what he is doing there in Afghanistan. Follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the website. 
I am on Cameo. If you're interested in a personalized video, find me at Cameo.com. And uh, I think that covers it, at least for this open. We come back. Wolfgang Van Halen. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, folks, support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? We all do these days, that's for sure. Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yep, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV, and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free. Welcome to the MIP. Yeah! You knew this was coming. Guess who? Let me start this thing off. Join me every week for the Michael Irvin Podcast. We'll give you the full MIP experience. I'm talking everything from football to fashion. I will be chopping it up with playmakers, headline makers, and I am throwing haymakers. I'm the MVP of the MIP Don't miss it. Download new episodes of the MIP, the Michael Irvin Podcast, every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, let's get into it, folks. Wolfgang Van Halen on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Enjoy. How are you, man? Mr. Trunk, what's going on? (laughs) This is a long overdue conversation, but I wish it was under better circumstances. Let me start by saying what we're we're all saying and feeling. Our our deepest condolences to you and your family. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. It means a lot. How has this been for you now? The last few days, I imagine, were somewhat of a whirlwind. You're a pretty shy guy, by my estimation, and a pretty quiet guy. And now you are out there on radio and TV and waving the flag and celebrating your dad and introducing your own music. How's this whole media experience been for you? It's it's all for dad. So when it's when it's celebrating him, uh, it's easy it's it's going to be a lot more difficult when it's just talking about me because that's that's where i where i start to shy up something tells me though with the last name van halen as much as you're a talent in your own right it's probably never going to just be about you you're always going to have that responsibility to carry that flag are you up for that yeah yeah for the most part uh uh, just to to keep dad's legacy alive uh, that's my number one priority when it comes to van halen and you know this is something. And and I do you. What do you prefer? Do you prefer Wolf, Wolfie, Wolfgang? What do you prefer being called? Wolf, Wolfgang. It's all good. All right. So Wolf, the thing is, as you know, the the fans, and you know how fans are. We we're all fans of your dad's work and your band, and you know the pros and the cons of the fanaticism that exists oh, in the Van Halen world. Very much. And so. and there's been very little. Um, that's been forthcoming in really like the past 25 years in terms of a a, a dialogue with the media on the record from the whole Van Halen camp. Where, Where do you think the roots of that were? Was that something that just was in your dad's nature or were people around him sort of dictating that? Because you coming out and talking like this now is got so many people excited because there's finally an official Van Halen source giving the straight story versus all this crazy speculation that I think a lot of it was driven by the fact that there was so little official news that came out. Yeah. I think they only really talked when they had to and when it mattered, if they're going on tour, if they're releasing an album, you know, uh, dad is a very, he was a very private person. And so is Al. Um, but when it came to like PR stuff, it was never dad, the one who was like in control. He just wanted to, to play music. Um, I think that went kind of towards, 
everybody else and how it was just like, hey, let's only talk when we need to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think in this day, day and age with social media, everybody wants to know every aspect of everyone's life. And I think it's okay to keep some things private. Well, right. But when there were crazy rumors that went on and things that were out there floating around, was there ever, because it would seem to me like they just sort of let that stuff sit as opposed to trying to shut it down or even make a statement about it. Mm-hmm. Was was there ever times in dealing with your dad even recently where it's like, you know what, we really got to get out front and make a statement on this? Because it was just, even his illness, as I'm sure you you are aware, and, and look, I do this every day, we just didn't really know what was real and what wasn't. And I know that we're not entitled to all the personal information. That's a family thing. But from the fan standpoint, I think that's what led to so much speculation and rumor because we just didn't have an official line on it from anyone. Yeah. I think with dad, that that wasn't even a thought in his mind. It's just about living in the moment. Uh, he's again, he's very private. And I think that's all that really mattered to him is just mm-hmm. being family and, and, and trying to fight through it. Yeah. So are you blown away by the re, response to distance i mean congratulations number one you know song on so many charts most importantly a great song people generally really like it obviously heartfelt the video is incredible but for you this is a big moment for you you're stepping out on your own now finally as a musician this has got to be incredibly rewarding to see the response to this oh it's insane uh just for one just having this music uh with with me for so long and, and for people to finally hear some of it and for the response to be as amazing as it is it's it's i don't even know how to deal with it it's it's incredible i, I i've never <laughs> i've never been able to say like hey i'm gonna go read nice things about me on the internet before <laughs> and now it's it's uh, i can't even keep up with it it's crazy well, well tying in with what i said about uh the the lack of information about uh what whatever was going on with van halen the other interesting thing with you is that you're the one guy that is active on social media. You you're out there, you're posting. It's really you doing it. You engage with people, you engage with fans. We've never had that from anybody with the last name Van Halen. So is that something you enjoy doing? Do you think it's good to, to, to be that connector to the fans? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the difference between me and, and, you know, the older generation Van Halen's is that I actually understand social media and, 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 I grew up with it for the most part, you know? Uh, so I think that's, the, that's the main difference, but yeah, I think it's fun. To, uh, to, I think it's healthy to have fan interactions. Uh, even when it's negative, it's fun to make jokes about it and, and you laugh it off. Now your dad had social media accounts. Uh, did you ever talk to him about doing it and getting involved in it? And did he like it in any way? Did he ever actually really engage in it? Not, not too much. I think you could really tell when it was, or at least I could, when it was really one of one of his posts, or if it was like a planned uh, media post, because uh, his were always really funny. Um, I, one of my favorite things he ever did was, for the longest time on my Twitter, my bio was "I do music," and you can tell uh, it's still his bio now. Um, my dad wrote, I do music too, like Wolf with a thumbs up. And that's like exactly <laughs> how he would text. And it's like, oh, that's, that's just so my dad to, to do, to do that. <laughs> well, one of the more legendary social media moments with your dad was the classic uh, tool photo where he took a photo for somebody <laughs> at a tool show. Can you tell that story? Cause we only saw that from what was posted online, but what really went on there? Cause that was amazing. Uh, it was so funny, man. I was at a tool show with uh, my dad and my uncle Patrick, uh, my my mom's brother, and uh, uh, it was an amazing concert. First of all, it was really fun uh, to to bring dad to that, so he could really see uh, the music I really really like, and it, it resonated with him too in a way because the, the the first thing he said was, uh, "Wait, can I curse?" Yes. Okay. The, the first thing uh, he said was like, fuck that bass player, man. That was the shit. And it was like, yeah, Justin Chancellor is my, my favorite bass player of all time. It's like, of course. And it was so great for dad to be like, fuck yeah, about that. Um, but we were waiting after the show, just kind of standing there because uh, their tour manager was the same as ours. Um, and we were going to go back and we ended up uh, meeting the guys. Um, but while we were waiting, some kid walked up to dad and I was like, oh, it's probably because he had been recognized a couple of times through the night. 
Um, I figured some guy was just going to take pictures with him, but instead he handed him his phone and was like, here, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> Can you get the picture <laughs> on the stage? And uh, I, I think a lot of people misunderstood my tweet to a certain extent because it, it, it wasn't like, how dare you not recognize Eddie Van Halen? Because dad just looked like a dad, you know, people's imagination of, of Eddie Van Halen is like long flowing hair and the, and the, the Frankenstein. Um, so of course he wouldn't recognize him. He was a young dude. Uh, but it was just so funny to be like, wow, when he, if he knew who he just asked to take a picture of just him in the stage, he would have probably regret not saying, Hey, can you get in that picture too? Uh, and so the second that happened, my uncle Patrick and I were, were like, Oh my God, I gotta take a picture of it. And that, that picture I took was the one that I posted and it blew up. <laughs> so funny. It was such a great moment, but did, were, were there times, were you able to go out with him? Like I would imagine, yeah, because you're right. I mean, people think he's going to walk in with the the red and white striped jumpsuit or something, you know. <laughs> were there times that you were able to go to shows and do things with him where he would remain fairly anonymous? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, <laughs> uh, there was uh, even a moment because he was really tired. He goes to bed very early. Uh, and so it was like during one one or two songs, I think he fell asleep. <laughs> at, at the tool Not that the music wasn't boring. Don't Don't run with that vh fans because they do uh, have 20 minute songs wolf (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh uh he he passed out because it was it was 10 o'clock at that point and he goes to bed at at 7 30 uh but uh yeah it was it's normally I, i i was able to go out a lot with him like i remember for my birthday one time we went to six flags and uh nobody recognized us there it was just fun day in the roller coaster yeah. Did, did you and he did he you turn him on to music and vice versa in the course of your life were there bands like tool that you turned him on to that he was into because of you and i'm sure he probably exposed you to a lot of music he loved as well right not too much he, he was really picky with with new music um that's why it's like the the famous story van halen's of this fans love to say is though so by peter gabriel was the last album he really bought which was pretty pretty true um the only new music he was really stoked about and i hope i don't sound like an asshole for saying this but was was my music mm-hmm. he was he was so he would just listen to it and cry out of being so proud and, and happy with it he would constantly be like best my favorite album of all time all the time um and uh so when it comes to newer music he never really uh, i know he he would cartoon on uh because i was really big in a system of a down in middle school and he would always call he did, I don't think he even <laughs> knew the band's name, but he would always call them la 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 because of the <laughs> BYOB. And he thought that was that was so funny. He he dug them, but but he just I don't think he remembered the name. He just called them that. But yeah, the only things he really <clears throat> turned me on to more than anything was ACDC. That was our that was our band, I think. Uh Power mm. Ridge, uh Down Payment Blues, What's Next to the Moon. Like that that was our that was our shit. Um yeah. When when was the when was the earliest time that you remember as a kid figuring out who your dad was and learning about the music? What's your earliest recollection of seeing him play, going to a concert? Oh man, I'd been going to concerts my whole life, like even when I was 3. I I don't really have any memories, but I like I I remember seeing videos and stuff where it's like my mom would tell me that I would just be like when my dad was playing a solo, we'd be on the side of the stage and I'd just be hitting her, like, let go of me. I want to go see my dad. And then I'd run up to him and then turn and be like, Oh, who are all these people? I just wanted to see my dad. <laughs> That's where I probably realized it was like, Oh, a lot of people are here to see him. He must be pretty good at whatever he's doing. Right. Who are these 20,000 people I'm sharing my dad with? <laughs> Um, let, let's talk about this record before, you know, there's, there's so much and my audience has been calling in the last couple of days and so many things they want me to ask you about. And I, I, some, you may not even have answers on, but before we go off on that, I want to ask you about your music because this, I think is a, a big moment for you. And my, my, now I was just talking about how we all were just assuming things and, trying to sort things out because we really had no tangible information, but I always maintain that your record had been pretty much done for a while and would have come out sooner if it wasn't w- because of the health stuff your dad was dealing with. Is that accurate? What is the, what is the timeline of, 
of the Mammoth WVH album and this record that we're going to get in February? The the album took about th- three years to do. Um, uh, Elvis Basquette, the producer, had a very busy schedule, and I was still trying to figure out who I was through the process. So we would record you know, a handful of songs here and then a handful of songs here, and then I went on tour with Van Halen uh, in 2015 and then re- recorded more songs when I got back. Um, and uh, it was recorded over you know, a handful of, of sessions, some at 5150, some at his studio. Um, we did some drum, drum checks at NRG in, in Burbank. Um, but uh, uh, sorry, I'm rambling. What was the question again? <laughs> no, just as far as the timeline, would you, was the idea to try to put this out a little bit sooner and then it sort of got, got derailed because of your dad being ill? By the end of 2018, we, that's when we were really getting ready. Because uh, I just finished uh, the bulk of of what is is now the album, because uh, I recorded so many songs, but uh, what is end up ended up being on on the the fully ready to go album, uh, I had the band picked out and we were rehearsing in 2018. Dad was watching our rehearsals and everything, uh, so we were probably planning to to be out uh, beginning of last year, end of end of 2018, kind of thing. But uh, as stuff turned out, it just. Uh, it was either, hey, do I want to go do this or do I want to be with my dad? And I think I made the right choice. Yeah, no doubt. The, the uh, Someone had called in earlier and asked a question from a, a musician standpoint, uh, and it was kind of funny. They said, you know, your dad obviously named gear and stuff after you. Did you use that in the recording of the record? <laughs> Did you use something else as far as amps and guitars? I, I used all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, I think it was important to... uh to not emulate his sound to to find my own thing like i played a lot of uh 335s all, all over my album a lot of semi hollow uh, uh and and just to to have its own sound i think it was really important because I, I if i came out sounding like that everybody would be like of course i knew it he, he didn't he doesn't have an original bone in his body um but it, it's it's really important for me to, to have my individuality and to not tread the same ground that my dad did because I'm my own person. And plus it probably pissed him off. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Do your shit. Stop trying to be me. You know? Yeah. And you, you diffuse that very early on. I noticed on social media where you wanted to lay it down just like that and tell people, Hey, uh, I'm doing my own thing. This is not Van Halen 2.0. This is my music where I'm coming from. I know that was important to you. And I I think it was a smart thing to do. Thank you. Yeah. It's really important because I know some fans can get really excited um, about possibilities, but then also not think about how that would work and how we would feel about it. You know, I, I understand how, how much they love the music, but sometimes it's like, Hey, that's kind of a dumb idea. Yeah. And I got to tell you uh, beyond, beyond distance, there was another song that you played that Howard, when you were on with Howard, that was played in its entirety, which mm-hmm. is such much more of an uptempo rock song. But the thing that jumped out to me about both songs that we've heard so far from the record is your voice. I mean, you've got a great voice. When, when did you first know that you had the ability to sing? When, when did you get that comfort zone and, and feel confident doing that? I mean, with Van Halen, I obviously had to do my best to sing my ass off. Cause you know, Mike is amazing and having to cover that shit is like, uh, that was a school of hard knocks in terms of uh, working my voice out. Um, but it really took a lot of convincing and, and cheering on from Elvis and Jeff, the engineer, to really give me the confidence to be like, you can sing lead on this. You know, you don't need to do, you know, background vocals. It's like you have the tone. And it took a while for me to, to get that, to believe in myself. Elvis was a huge part of, of giving me the confidence to develop my lead voice. Mm. And you you mentioned uh, your live band, and and one of the guys I know very well. He's a friend, and he's a fantastic musician, and that's Frank Sidoris. For for people who have, for the thing about Frank that I don't think people realize because he's the other guitar player in Slash's band, so you're never going to get him. You know, really get to see him, <laughs> right? But but I've seen Frank do his thing on his own, and he's a badass and a great right. guy as well. So run down the live band for when you are able to do live shows for people who haven't heard. Yeah, we got Frank, uh, as, as you mentioned. Um, my good brother, uh, Garrett Whitlock, who I played with in Tremonti. We were the rhythm section for, for a good long while. And he's just, God, he's, he hits hard. And that's really important to me. With, with Amazing drums. player. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, amazing guy too, uh, which is even more important because, you know, they're, they're family. You got, you got to live with them moving forward. So, right. Um, and uh, Ronnie Ficaro, a uh, bass player, he played with Falling in Reverse in a band called I Am Ghost. He's a tremendous player um, and a great guy, too. Uh, so I'm really stoked about it. Like the second we started playing in 2018, we just immediately gelled. And, it, and even dad was like, fuck, yeah, you guys got this. Uh, I, I think down the line, because, gosh, uh, on the album, there's so many layers that right now Frank and I are kind of picking what parts to play rather than making sure we play every part. I mean, I never do tracks or anything. I think that's lame as shit. Thank but. God from your lips to God's ears, my friend, <laughs> more people. That's a huge hot button for me. I oh, thank you dude, so much hey. for saying that. Well, it's like, if you want to go, if I want to listen to the tracks, I'll just stay home and listen to the song. <laughs> I could, but, I, call me crazy. A live show should be live. Right. And unbelievable. Yeah, right? So, yeah. Thank great, you. Thank thing. you for saying that. My God. Um, but yeah, so it, so I think at some point it might be important to get a, to get a fifth guy, like an auxiliary dude who could do the other guitar and another background vocals. There are a lot of layers on the vocals and the guitars, um, which would allow me to maybe play some keyboards. Cause there's a couple keyboard parts on the album. Nothing, nothing big at all, but it would, I really want to round the sound out. I think with the four of us right now, we can get it done really well, but at some point it might be fun to, to, to get like an, you know, green day. They've got an auxiliary guy that they've had forever. I think his name's what Jason or something. Um, but you know, a lot of bands just have that one or two extra guy to, to, to fill out the sound. And I think that's way better than getting tra tracks or something like that. As long as it's a human being and not a laptop, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Life. Yeah. 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 So, so I, and Garrett is, I don't know Garrett well personally, but I love his playing on those Tremonti records. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And we should mention for people that don't know, you did two albums with Mark, uh, Quarter Eyes and, and Dust. And, uh, we're going to actually play a little bit of Flying Monkeys going into the break because I love that song. And, and Mark's, Mark's, Mark's amazing. And I saw you play with Tremonti in New York. I remember it was probably second, five, six years no, ago. We talked for a second show with the band. Yeah, but but how how was that experience for you to go out? I mean, you you've had a close, the, you you guys as a family have had a close relationship with with Mark and the Tremonti crew, right? Oh and yeah, Alter Mark, Bridge, the all those guys, guy, the Alterbridge guys, Mark, Miles, uh, Flip, Brian. They're the, I love those guys. They're they're fantastic. Uh, but yeah, that that's a really fun story. Uh, how I got into Tremonti because I'd been hanging out with Morgan from Seven Dust in New Jersey, um, just you know, fucking around. I, I had some of my gear uh, up there and uh, I get a call from Garrett and he was like, Hey man, are you in Jersey right now? I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, we need a bass player and we're about to go on tour. Can, can you come over? And I was like, well, I just happen to have my gear and I'm 45 minutes away from you. I'll be right there. And we spent that night in a rehearsal space in New York playing through the first album i had to learn everything i was familiar with the songs like they had sent me the album and i was like this is fucking great um but i didn't know how to play it that's a different thing um and we spent the night playing everything and the next day in rhode island we had a show <laughs> and i had to play everything and then that next show after was the one that we met at so i was still yeah. terrified because i was trying to figure out i was learning how to play it as i was going <laughs> Yeah, I remember Mark calling me and texting me or something and saying, "Hey, so you're coming tomorrow? Guess who's playing bass?" And I was like, "Really?" And then, and then I remember after the show ended, people had left, and I don't really think people even knew it was you because I remember you and I talked on the floor out front of the stage over by merch, and we just said hello and talked for a few, and there was just like, you know, it was just like any, you know, hey, there's just another dude in the band, and people didn't quite realize it. So it had to be fun for you to get your toe in into that world too. That's oh, a blast, man. And playing music is always is all I really care about. I don't care about the size of the room. It's just fun to 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 feel that energy. Hey, when you go out and play live, when you're able to do it with your own band, you're gonna have one record to play from. Are you gonna play? Will you play Van Halen songs? Absolutely not. You Never. will not. Okay. Never. If I so do, it'll be probably wouldn't be live. But if if I do, I'd want it to be like really fucking different. I wouldn't want to just sit there and play ain't talking about love. I'd want to do like a cool acoustic cover of like little guitars or some shit, like something different. I, I, I'm not, I refuse to tread the same ground as my dad. I, I need to forge my own path. So, so you don't rule out doing the material, but you do it in your own way is what you're saying. Yeah. But, but I mean, uh, Van Halen fans, please don't take that and run with it. I'm not going to 
put out a Van Halen cover album or anything. Uh, if 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 I do happen to, it would be under that that context. It'd be something. It'd be different. So how but would you fill out how would, <laughs> how would you fill out the set with one album of original material? Then maybe do some covers or maybe. But I think early on, you know, opening and stuff like you're only really doing a half hour, forty five minutes, right? Um, and the album with bonus tracks, gosh, uh, I don't know how long it is, but I, I think it's it's close to an hour of music, which I think is is enough for a for for a show where I can play all the original stuff. Okay, cool. And that album will be out. Do you have an exact release date? February is, is the month. Spring ish. Spring ish. No, yeah. No. No. No dates hammered out yet. So, so Wolf, let me ask you. You know, some stuff here that we've always wanted to know. One of the things that Van Halen fans have always commiserated about, myself included, is the fact that if you really look at the last twenty-five years of your dad's life, there's only been officially released three studio records. There was Balance, the last one with Sammy. There was the album with Gary. And then, of course, A Different Kind of Truth, which I want to talk to you about in a second. But what do you attribute that to? Was I mean, I know some of it was the fact that he was battling illness, certainly later. But yeah. but is it why was your dad, at least to the fans, uh, not very productive in terms of putting out records and releasing things on a regular basis? I mean, I think as you get older... Um, you you start to care about different things. Not that he never cared about uh, music anymore. He was always playing and always writing. Um, I just I think that spark wasn't there as much until we got together, and then we did a different kind of truth. Um, sometimes the 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 fire gets a little dark, and you need to throw a log on there. And I think maybe I was that log for him that that eventually got a different kind of truth uh, going. What, was he still was he doing things that us as fans didn't know about? I know he's done a lot on the technical side of uh, development of amps and guitars, and there's that whole line that's out there. But the brand, was he? The big too. Yeah, the brand. I know there's been a lot of focus there. But in terms of creating music and recording music, was he in the studio a lot over the in recent years, writing and creating, or did he just maybe dial that back a little bit as well? He was dialed down a little, but he, he never stopped creating ever. Uh, music was always still an important thing to him. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, it sucks. I can't really ask him anymore. It's not that he didn't, uh, he, he didn't want to. It's just as things started to overwhelm, because, you know, the health things had been a, a big thing for the last 10 years on and off. Uh, I mean, everything from outside of the cancer stuff, but when he had diverticulitis and he had to get surgery with, on his colon and then back issues, it, it's, it really, a lot of stuff started to pile up to where that creative flow would be uh, impacted many times. And so eventually it's like, God, you just want to take a fucking break once you're feeling good and, and, and lay down. <laughs> I, yeah. I think, yeah, I know people are desperate for, for content and, and everything. But when you look back on it, considering everything that was growing on, the fact that Van Halen since 2007 has toured three times and put out a, an album of original material and a live album is pretty fucking incredible. Was, uh, was there, there, there's so much talk about the vaults, the tapes, the what have you. What can you tell us about that? How much is actually there and how familiar are, are you with what's there and is it cataloged and archived properly where you can access it and know what's there or is it going to be a really long process to even figure out what is in that room to the second part yes it's going to take an unbelievable amount of time to go through it that's why it's not a priority right now uh i don't know if you know this but but we, we talked about this on, on on howard but uh in order to to get the data off of old tapes you got to get the specific oven to like bake it up bake to make sure right. that, that even remove the audio off of it and digitize it. And it's to go through everything in there would probably take a solid year of doing that five days a week, you know? Um, so that's going to be an unbelievable process. And dad would be, again, really be pissed off at me if I just sat up there in the studio going through old shit when it's like, what are you doing? Go do your shit. It'll He's happen. Like I, I guarantee you it'll happen. We'll go through the vault at some point, but, but please don't hold your breath. 
is there a binder or like an cards or anything, or is it really going to be you having just, to pull the tape? The tape. Just looking at the, the boxes. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, and I know the certain area that has like all of the stuff when we started doing a different kind of truth, like the original tape of the first "She's the Woman" recording, and "Let's Get Rocking" at the time that turned into "Out of Space" and "Bullethead." Those were the first three songs that we did where, where we were like, "Fuck yeah, we can do this." And I know those, and we we would we would record our, our rehearsals all the time too, uh, as we were writing through the songs. Um, but yeah, there's just an <laughs> a, an infinite amount of tapes that will take an infinite amount of time to go through. To if you want to do it right, uh, go through each. It's like I'd have to have Al there with me um, to be like, "Hey, do you remember what this is called?" Because the back of it just says "Song Two, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's going to take a really, really long time to go through it. There's been so little in terms of bonus tracks or even when Van Halen albums have been reissued, no extra material. There's been talk of box sets that were started and aborted. Is that something that as time goes on and when the time is right, that you're able to get in there that you envision eventually coming out if you think it's appropriate? Sure. Yeah. Uh, if the stuff is good, I'm sure the, the stuff is good, but there's a reason that it's still in there. <laughs> you know, all the good shit did come out. Uh, but of course, knowing my dad, there's got to be amazing shit in there. Yeah. But, you know, he, he recorded what he want to, wanted to for a reason. Uh, yeah. That's why I thought it was, in a way, that's kind of what you got with A Different Kind of Truth, is that we did pop a look in the vault and be like, hey, what, are, what were you writing during these times? What are some old songs that never became uh songs and that's why you know uh, a, a bunch of them were um older ideas because i wanted dad to i wanted to put everybody in the headspace of what they were doing back then because dad writes music differently uh as as he as he went on you know van halen 3 is very different from everything else and i don't think I think fans are always like, they're like, ah, oh, we got to have another one of the six pack, you know, come on, we need, we need the classic stuff. And it's like, he, he's not in that brain space anymore. So you, you can force that train of thought out there, but you're not going to get that. You're going to get where he is now, which is why I thought it was important to go back and take a look at what was there. Do you have a favorite Van Halen album, Wolf? Or one or two, or maybe one from Sam or one from Dave. Is there ones that you personally like outside of a different kind of truth, which of course you're, Pardon. Oh yeah, the uh, no, I wouldn't be an asshole and be like, oh, a different kind of truth is. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I do, I do think. By the way, though, I do think a different kind of truth. And I've always said, I think it's a tremendously underrated record. I think Thank it's you. somehow for. I thought it should have been way bigger than it was when it came out. And I was at that Cafe Wash show where, that you guys did, where you launched it. I mean, I I love that record. A lot of other Van Halen fans do too. I think it got lost for some reason. It just didn't get the acclaim it should have. I thought. I hope I'm not being a dick by saying this, but no, please do. We we almost had a number one record, but uh, um, because it was really important for Dave to play Madison Square Garden because that's his favorite place, we ended up pushing either forward or or back the release date, so it released at the exact same time as Adele's album, oh. and uh, so we 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 went to second with like a number that would have been first. If Adele hadn't just, if it wasn't during Grammy week, oh, uh, which wow. is it's cool. like, I, I don't care. It was just, I was so happy to put the music out that we'd been working on for so long. Right. Um, but there, there were, I, I would have done a lot of things differently. Uh, I, I think uh, she's the woman should have been the single, uh, you know, uh, and uh, amongst other things, but I, I wasn't in charge. Uh, and not that I wanted to be, I didn't want to control that chip. I just wanted to help out in any way I could. I had fun making the set lists. <laughs> And you killed it on the set list. I mean, people loved that you went deep into that catalog and played some stuff. I mean, I was, f f me and the other Van Halen fans, thank you for that because that was uh, a killer set list. Thank you. Um, but to go back to, to what you asked, uh, favorite albums, the, the, the closest I can pick for you would be um, in the Roth era, my favorites would probably be Fair Warning and uh, 1984. And in the Hagar era, my favorites would probably be Fuck and uh, Balance. Interesting. So I just did a, a Van Halen list on my show. And Sammy's a close friend, as is Michael. I mm -hmm. love both of those guys so much. And Sammy gave me his 
four of the four records he did was he had 5150 at one and then for unlawful carnal knowledge two and then OU812 at three and then balance at four. So that was his ranking of his own records that he made with the band. But it, but um, everybody and I see, I love women and children. Like I'm first album and women and children as my top two. And I, I, I love fair warning. Like to me, the first four Van Halen records are maybe the fir- the f- the greatest four records released in a row in the in of any rock band. It's just they're untouchable. But all the guitar players and musicians always go to fair warning, like you just did. Yeah. <laughs> and I never could put my finger on that, and I still can't. But every musician I know, and I know a ton, all hail fair warning. I just love the darker tone of the album. Uh, yeah. I think it's just heavier and and, and darker. Um, but but then again, you know, saying that these are my favorites and the other ones aren't, it, it's it's not like saying I don't like those. It's like comparing like here's where the favorites are, and then here are where the other ones are. <laughs> right. You know, it's not this big like uh, it's these or 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 nothing else kind of thing. It's like I love all of it, but if you if you had to put a gun to my head, I'd pick those. Hey, back to the vault for a second. Is there video stuff in there, too? I mean, everybody wants live old Van Halen video so badly. There's so little that's been out. Do you know if there's video content as well? That I have no idea, unfortunately. I know a big thing for the fans was that Oakland 81 show. Mm -hmm. And I did ask my dad about it a couple times because I was curious Um, what he told me. Uh, was that what was out there is what was recorded. It wasn't the full show. It was oh. those songs for a promo. It was so never unchanged. Like, so this is love. Like, the stuff that yeah, came out. Let's let's record the first three or four songs and then dip out, kind of thing. Oh, um, I got gotcha. you. That's sure. what he said. So I, I don't know how you could argue with that. Um, but yeah, that that was what I heard on on that legendary concert that everybody loves. Well, maybe when the time is right and you get into it, we'll find some nuggets in there that you don't even know is there. I'm sure it sounds like it's a big undertaking. I, I hope to dig in there and, and, and find some old video footage. That'd be amazing. But from what I've seen, it's all old tape. Um, so maybe there's a separate ball that I've never even heard of that's holding video footage. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a <laughs> trap door under the floor or something yeah. and <laughs> dust comes up and... <laughs> Yeah. We can only dream, you know, as fans, we just think, oh, my God, how amazing that would be. Yeah. Uh, we're joined by Wolfgang Van Halen here on Trunk Nation. Again, the band is called Mammoth WVH, and the album will come out sometime in the spring. Distance is out now with an incredible heartfelt video. I, I messaged you when I saw the video. I said what you did was so incredible because for the last month or so, me and the fans have just been celebrating and mourning the loss of your dad here on the radio and you'd put such a human face on it. You know, this is not the this is not just the loss of this beloved musician and icon and rock star. You know, it's a dad, it's a husband. It it, it just resonated and hit everybody so so heavily. Was there any reservation for you for to put out something that was so personal like that at that time or did you feel immediately that was the right way to do it? Yeah, no, I think it was important uh, for it to be personal. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people go like, "Man, you know, I know Ed was a private person. Uh, probably wouldn't have. He probably wouldn't have been okay with that." And it's like, I know Dad would have loved it. He would have been so happy with it uh, because all it does is celebrate the love that we shared and our our friendship. Um, that's why I I even included things like the voicemail at the end. Uh, you know, I was asked in I think an interview yesterday. It was like. What, what was the special occasion that he said that to you? And, and uh, I, I love to answer it because it wasn't a special occasion. He would leave voice every time he left me voicemail, he would say stuff like that. It was never just like, you know, uh, call me back by. It was, it was always like a really profound, I'm so proud of you and I love you uh, mm. kind of thing. And I think it was really important for people to see how amazing and loving of a human being he was outside of how incredible of a guitar player he was. Yeah, I only had the chance to meet him once and only had a chance to interview him once, but it was an incredible experience because we did a phone interview around the time of the Sharon record. And we just, as we wrapped up the interview, he said, hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. He said, uh, this is you know back a long time ago. He said, uh, you come into Madison Square Garden? And I said, I-, I think so. And he goes, go to Will Call. Went to Will Call and he left me passes. He <laughs> said, I want to meet you. He wanted to meet me. I said, what? And and uh, we, he left me passes 
And, you know, this was long before I was on TV or any of that stuff. And I, I went, as soon as I sat in my seat, someone came and grabbed me, pulled me back. He was in the tuning room. We talked for 15, 10 minutes, just small talk. Nice to meet you. And that was it. It was an amazing memory. And sadly, the only chance I had with him because uh, he was always the guy I long wanted to talk to the most as far as an interview. But uh, even going back, Wolf, to old interviews and stuff I've pulled up on YouTube, the the consideration he had for the people he talked to, uh, just the way he conducted himself. I remember I heard an old interview from the early 80s with somebody. and He was talking to him and the phone cut off. And he goes, you know what? I'll call you back in an hour. And like just... You know, not big time in anybody. It was just, and, and it just comes through across, and even in everything in your video that we we didn't know him well personally, like you certainly did. But uh, it speaks volumes for how he 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 related to fans and to people on a very human level. Yeah, he was he was just a normal, kind, uh, loving dude. Uh, he had his demons just like anybody else would. He was he was normal. Uh, I think the thing with Dad was is that you know people could call him an asshole for things that that he may have done. But there are people who are just straight up assholes. And when dad ever was maybe perceived as being like that, you could remove that thing that was making him act like that. And whenever he wasn't facing his demons, he was that kind uh, person true to himself. I think that's what's really important is that he struggled just like anybody else would. Uh, I know that's hard to believe considering the the monumental legacy he's left and this mark he's left on music as a whole but he he really was he would get nervous before every show that's why he drank he he had such a horrible anxiety problem that he luckily passed to me too uh that it's it, it took so long for him to get back out there because uh once i was with him he it gave him the confidence and he was excited about doing it again uh because the, for him to be sober during those tours was a monumental thing. And without me there, probably he probably would have dipped back in and, and fell. Just for clarity, the anxiety was passed to you, but not the addiction issues, right? No, no, I, I, I don't. It, it, that was a kind of like example growing up where it's like, okay, no on that. Right. <laughs> I, right. I've, seen, I've seen where that goes. Wolf, before we run out of time, I know you wanted to mention the charity, Mr. Holland's Opus, which was important to your dad and distance is benefiting, right? Yes, absolutely. All, all of my proceeds are, are going to Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation, which is fantastic. It held, helps uh, underfunded uh, music classes throughout uh, the U.S., which is was really important to dad. And uh, I wanted to make sure that they knew the relationship wasn't ending with my dad and I'm still going to be supporting them for as long as I possibly can. And I couldn't think of a better tribute for dad than to have everything uh, go to them. That's awesome. Hey, before we run out of time, I want to ask you about your uncle, Alex. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was always a very private guy like your dad and never really heard much from him. He never, I mean, your dad played obviously a little bit with people outside of Van Halen, did that record with Brian May, of course, the Michael Jackson track, but not, not too much. To my knowledge, Alex never played with anyone else but Van Halen. And how is he doing? And do you think we ever see him play drums again? I know he'll, he'll always be playing drums. I'm, I'm just not sure in what uh, capacity. I can't speak uh, for him on that. Um, but I know that uh, he's doing about as well as you would in this situation. Uh, we, we talk every day, every morning, every night, just, hey, I love you. If you need me, call me. Mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that connection is still there. We've, we've spoken every day uh, since what happened happened. Um, but yeah, in terms of privacy, I think he's probably more private than dad. Um, I think whenever he is ready to speak, if ever uh, he'd do that, I, I couldn't speak for him. And and going forward, when you talk about the archives and what may or may not come out, and what the the Van Halen, I mean, most people look at you as the the the, the custodian, if you will, for lack of a better term, for the Van Halen world. Will Will Alex also be involved if he wants to be at some degree, or is that not really his thing? No, absolutely. He, that's if anything, uh, he he'd he'd be more of the custodian, and I and I'd be the junior custodian. Uh, right. It's uh, dad felt it was important that uh, it was both of us uh, uh, to to carry on the legacy and to make sure that everything is is going as smoothly as possible. 
your dad obviously knew at the end, I'm sure, that he was very ill. So was he very, without being too personal, was he very clear with what his wishes were and his intentions for the future? Was he able to lay that out effectively so that there's no drama about that going forward? Yes. Yes, he was. That's good to know. And I think what was really exciting to hear was the the the, the idea, even though unfortunately it, it can't happen now, of the whole kitchen sink tour. Uh, that was a dream for Van Halen fans that everyone could be involved. I mean, I had Sammy on here many times saying, I do it. And, and mm-hmm. Gary's a friend. I've talked to Gary about it. And it would have been amazing if it would have happened, obviously. Um, and it's good to know that your dad was in a place at the end of his life where he had reconciled enough with everybody to be willing to want to do that. Yeah, it was important um, uh, for him. Uh, kind of uh, one last round and let's let's make it the biggest party possible because uh you know we had uh irving azoff um had reached out to mike before i had the chance to we really wanted (laughs) me to to hit him up first um and that once that was like hey that is a very real possibility it was like what if we just get fucking everybody on there is what i said to dad and he was like you know what that would be pretty fucking cool and over However, however many times out, you know, every single day we were with each other from, from be it hanging at home or, or in a hospital or, or, or something, we would just uh, be like, when, when we're through this kitchen sink tour, it'll be fucking awesome. Uh, and it really, really sucks that it never happened. Yeah, it does across the board for everyone who would have been involved for the fans, for your dad, for the legacy of the band. It really, really does. But um, look, it's cliche to say the music will live on forever, but in the case of what your dad created, it will live on for beyond ever. I mean, it's just, it's as iconic and as great and as fresh sounding as it was when I first got it. I'm old enough to have gotten the first record when the first record came out. I was young, but I, I did. And, uh, you know, it changed my life up till that point. I didn't know there was any other band, but kiss. And then I dropped the needle and I was like, Whoa, this is way beyond kiss. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was life changing for me and so many people. And I'm super, first of all, I thank you so much for the time and I'm super happy. I'm dude. I'm so happy for you that your career is off to this start. And I know that, and I think the fans feel good that the Van Halen legacy is in great hands <laughs> and uh, excited about the, what you're doing with your music and excited you. to see how you and, and potentially your uncle steer the ship going forward. So, um, you know, thank you so much. Again, most of all, condolences to you and your family and you. continued success with the music. I can't wait for the record. And I hope this is the start of you being a regular hanging and talking rock music with us. We'll do we'll do a whole okay. show just on the Tremonti records with Mark, if you want. Sure, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, first of many. Well, my thanks to Wolfgang Van Halen. Great conversation. Again, originated on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, on volume every day, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Channel 106, nightly replays 10 to midnight Eastern, and everything on demand as well, including audio and video of that interview you just heard. If you have Sirius or XM, go and watch it. You can uh, watch us talking on Zoom if that is of interest to you. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the podcast. I also want to thank Goodies, our great sponsor, Goodies Hangover. They've got that powerful pain reliever, boosting ingredient, give you fast pain relief and a boost of alertness to help battle the groggy, tired feeling that comes with the hangover. It's hangover relief at the speed of powder. It's Goodies Hangover, available at Walmart, Walmart, (laughs) Dollar General, Amazon, and other fine retailers. More information at goodiespowder.com. Back next Thursday with a new episode. Hope you can catch me on the radio if you're in the U.S. or Canada and you have yourselves a great, safe, healthy week. Until then, thanks for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.